Good morning. Oh, that was good. All right. You must have had a better week this week. That's what I like to hear. <laughs>
That's good news this morning, isn't it?
lot. Look, look, look to your neighbor and say, I can sing a whole lot better than that. Just wait, it's coming. It's <laughs> got a little quiet in this area. I'm not sure what was, what was going on. Let's see if I can do this justice.
wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me, sing it to There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. It's good news. just good news all the way around, isn't it? Uh, kids, I think y'all can go to the back. Everyone else, turn around, tell somebody you love them, or wink, wave, smile, air hugs, kisses. Good morning, how are y'all? My name's Jenna, I am um, the women's ministry leader here at North Point, which is GLOW, if you don't know. And I wanted to let you know that we have a new event coming up on July 31st at 9 a.m. This is the first time we've done a breakfast for GLOW, so I'm really excited about that. 
Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ahmad Hall and Friends, but one of his friends is Erin Jones, and she is going to be here singing for us, and then one of your very own Glow women will be speaking on that morning. So I hope you can join us. We're going to meet in the fellowship hall for this event, so I hope you can join us for that. Also, there's a back-to-school bash that the church is throwing at the Unity Center. This is a community event, and it will be on July 24th um, from 4 to 10. We need a lot of volunteers for this event because we're hoping that we have a really great turnout from our community. Um, there'll be food, water slides, fireworks, live music, and games, and so we need a lot of help for this. So if you're interested in signing up helping us out with that, there's a sign-up sheet in the information booth. Okay? Thanks. Thank you, Jenna. Good morning, North Point. I am glad to see everybody here this morning. And for those that are tuned in via the Internet, we're glad you're listening and excited to, that you're participating. I've got a couple of announcements to make before I make some prayer requests, okay? Um, this, th there is uh, Bartow Give a Kid a Chance, Give a Kid a Break, coming up July the 25th here at North Point. Um, and we need volunteers for that day, and there are some other tasks that uh, leading up to the 25th that they're looking for volunteers for. If you can help out, uh, you need to see Angie or Sherry. Um, they, they're the ones that are organizing and controlling this thing, and they need, they need your help. There's actually some boxes out there in the hallway that you can make donations uh, to Bartow Give a Kid a Break which is coming up on the 25th. Um, second announcement is um, if you have children in the children's church, you need to go into the church center app and update your child's grade, their school grade as of last year. It's summer promotion time and we need to get those correct and make sure we've got all the information in there. So uh, if you just go into the church center app and, app and update your child's grade, we would appreciate it, okay? Any other announcements? That's all I know of announcement-wise. All right, let me give you some prayer requests, okay? Uh, a couple of these are still from last week. Zena Snell is uh, going to have some medical tests coming up. Uh, Izzy Conway uh, is also going to be medical, medical testing uh, coming up, and we need to continue to pray for her. I just got an update. Chuck Ellis has finished chemo. He rang the bell on Friday. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, this also says pray for Tina Miller's mom. Tina, Tina McCoy Miller's mom. Okay. Um, let's see. Terry Dubois had surgery, I believe, last Tuesday. And I honestly don't have enough. No, he did not. It was scheduled, but they... Oh, okay. All right. So that's still a prayer request for us. Renee Andrews, we need to continue to pray for Renee. She was, I believe, supposed to be getting some medical tests back this week. So continue to pray for her. Um, Josh McDonald, that is a friend of Sam Cash, is recovering from an ATV wreck. Um, and this comes from um, Hands Extended International, Scott and Holly. I talked to Scott in the, in the hallway back there just a few minutes ago. Obviously, they have Afghan friends, believers in Afghanistan. And with the removal of the American troops, the Taliban is already starting to return and retake that region. 
So obviously these friends are in danger. Please, please remember to pray for those folks. Um, remember Rachel Woodring in Ohio. She is going to have surgery um, on the 19th. And then the one last one I have is please pray for my sister Susan, who will be having surgery on 716 at Redmond Hospital. Okay? Are there any other prayer requests? Okay, Sean Broderick, okay, okay. Any others? Yes. Would you give me that name again, please? Melissa. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Others? No? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer then, okay? Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we come before you this morning praising your name and worshiping you on high. Thank you, Father, that, that you hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, that, that you incline your ear to your people. And we, we recognize that. We believe there's power in prayer. And we come to you now. We're, we're mentioning folks that are on our hearts and on our minds, people that are related to us, friends that we work with or, or, or have fun with or know them in some way, Father. But we're bringing them before you now. We're asking you to intervene in these situations. We're asking you, Lord, to be the healer. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, Father. We're just asking you to be right in the middle of each one of these situations. And, Father, we have children and grandchildren that are going to be headed back to school soon. And we're, we, we have some events planned that, that should make them ready, should help them be prepared to go back to school with the things that they'll need to study and to learn. And Father, we pray more than the things that we gather that we'll give them prayers and we'll give them love and we'll give them compassion, Father, as they head back in. We pray, Lord, for Jim this morning. Father, we know that, that he is diligently prepared uh, for this morning and that you have given him a message. Father, we have prepared our hearts with Bible study, Bible reading, with prayer time. We're, we're prepared also. We're prepared to hear what you have given Jim this morning. And Father, we ask that you grant our request to hear clearly what Jim says. And we pray that Jim would lead us and guide us in your word. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah. 
bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you. Forever I'll stand. There's nothing compares name it is, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for that power that you have given us as your followers. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lee. I don't believe I could have done that better myself. How's everybody doing? Y'all had a good week? Man, we're going to finish up, uh, may finish up this series, but we're at least going to finish up what seeds you will plant. You know, last week we come from the book of Mark, chapter 4, said the kingdom of God is like this. Someone plants seed in the ground, and during both the day and night, whether that person is awake or asleep, the seed is growing silently. Now the person who planted the seed can't see how it's growing because it's hidden under the ground. But in darkness, the soil is helping the seed to grow. First, the plant sprouts through. Then the tender stalk appears. 
Then the stalk puts on the buds, and finally the full head of grain or fruit appears. Then when it is ready and ripe, the farmer cuts it because it's harvest time. I shared with you last week some of the lessons learned from this is that God expects growth in my life and in my church. Any fruit in my life, good or bad, comes from seeds planted by people. And we often see the, deed, uh, the seeds growing in our lives, and growth in my life is slow and gradual and happens in stages. It's slow. It takes time. We get in a hurry, and a lot of times God ain't. Amen? Then I, I finished up with a verse from Paul wrote in Philippians, Be confident of this, that he who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. If you don't like me now, you will one day. He's working on us. Amen? We're going to jump right into the. Did we have outlines this week? All right. Thank you to Tim and whoever all done that, Jessica, and there's a bunch of them done it, but I knew you'd like it, and I hope you fill in the blanks. Hope you get your fix on. Amen? All right. Let's jump into the 10 laws of spiritual planning. Uh, these are going to be some of the things that you and I can do while we're growing, while we're growing to our fullest potential. And uh, we're, we're supposed to cooperate with these, these 10 laws of spiritual planning that today we're going to learn from God's Word. And, and when we do that, we're going to be fruitful. We're going to be effective. We're going to be productive. Amen? Amen. Got to follow them, both in our spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, and even relational, if we follow these, these 10 laws. Let's jump in it right quick. Number one, get out your pencil right in here. Everything starts as a seed. Everything starts as a seed. Every idea that you have, every dream, every achievement started as a seed thought. It started as a thought. You exist. You and me exist because God thought up the seed principle. Look at Genesis 1. It says this at creation. Then God said, let the earth have seed-bearing plants. And let trees bear fruit with seeds in them. Then let those seeds produce the same kind of plants and trees that they came from. So the earth was filled with seed-bearing vegetation. Seeds are God's idea. Everything in the universe grows from a seed. I remember as a kid growing up, somebody would say every once in a while, there was, I'd hear it, they'd say, Anybody can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. That's pretty neat, ain't it? That's straight from Rockmart right there. <laughs> you see, every seed has exponential potential. If you plant one kernel of corn, you just don't get one kernel of corn back. You get a whole bunch of ears, don't you? This has nothing to do with the sermon. Did you ever wonder why they call ears corn ears? I've discovered it later on in my life. When hair starts growing out of your ears, it looks like a, a, a ear of corn. Not, not from mine. I just noticed it from other friends of mine. <laughs> but you don't just get a kernel of corn back. You always get a lot more than you planted. Amen. 
You always get a lot more than you plan. Second law is this. A seed has no power until it's planted. A seed has no power until it's planted. Unless you plant it, until you plant it, nothing happens. Jesus said this in, in, in John 12. That's why he went to the cross. Unless a grain of wheat is planted and buried in the soil, it cannot reproduce. It will remain only a single seed. But if it dies, it will produce many seeds and much fruit. If you selfishly hold on to your own life, you'll lose it. But if you give up living for this world, you'll gain eternal life. What's that tell me? It tells me that we've got to be willing to die to our own desires, our dreams, to, in order to fully live the way we're intended to live. I tell you, man, after being your pastor for 23 years, I can tell you there's a lot more people that, that gripe and complain uh, about how bad their life is than those who put forth the effort to prepare the soil to soil and refuse to plant the, the kind of seed today that will get them where they want to be tomorrow. Amen? So here's a question I have for you. Write this down if you need to. What do I need to do today in order to get where I want to be tomorrow? What do I need to do today? Today, it's July the 11th, Sunday, in order to get where I need to be tomorrow. What seed do I need to plant today? And I want to urge you as your pastor, plant whatever seed you need to plant whether it's a new habit, whether it's a seed of change. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just not, not going to do it. But I'm going to tell you, your seed, it will start growing in the dark. And one day, you will harvest. You will harvest. Isaiah, uh, if you can imagine a farmer while I'm reading this, uh, Isaiah 28 says, Does a farmer always plow and never plant? Is he forever cultivating his soil but never planting it? No. The farmer knows just what to do, for God has given him understanding. Can you imagine a farmer buying a whole bunch of seed and he was afraid to plant it? That he would lose the seed? No. There, but there's a lot of folks that are like that with their lives. They want, they want to uh, complain and they want to, want to be the victim, but they don't want to plant the seed that God has given them. God has given each and every one of us seeds to plant. A farmer just plants. He doesn't complain. He doesn't, doesn't gripe. You and me, sometimes we think we're waiting on God and he's waiting on us to do something. He's waiting on us. I mean, whether it be a job, whether it be a, a spouse or, or some sort of ministry, I'm going to tell you something, guys. Take what little you got and plant it. That's called faith. That's all that is. Take what little you got and plant it. So write this down because I want you to remember. When I have a need, plant a seed. When I have a need, plant a seed. It's going to get us to the third law. I know I got 10. It's going to sound like a lot, but it's not. Some seeds should be planted instead of eaten. Some seeds should be planted instead of eaten. 
Joseph used this, this uh, principle uh, in order to save two nations, you know, with, with the wheat and everything during the famine. And I'll look at Genesis 47. It says, because the famine was so severe, everyone in Egypt sold their land to Pharaoh. Then Joseph told them this. I will provide you with seed so you can plant crops. Then when you harvest it, you are to give 20% of it back to the king, and you will get to keep 80%. But don't eat all your seed. Use your seed to plant next year's crops so that you can feed your family in the future. And the people replied, you've saved our lives. You've saved our lives. Don't eat it all. Use, use some of it for the future. Lots of times in today's world, we're, we have a lot of short-term thinking going on. You know, whatever we got today, we spend it. Whatever we got this week, we spend it. You know, for the here and now, party on. Party on. What was that guy's name that said that? Who? Wayne's World. That's right. Party on. <laughs> That's right. I knew you would know, Joey. <laughs> You know, just like it takes great faith to tithe 10% to God, it also takes great faith to save, I find out. It takes great faith to save. Because for the biggest part, our culture wants to spend it all on ourselves right now. But God wants us to learn how to live on less. Less than we make. Guys, I want to tell you, when you spend everything you make, you're... You're working for your money. When you take some of that money and save it, then your money starts working for you. I know some of you said, I'm just visiting. He's in my wallet. He's in my billfold. The Bible talks a lot about it. The Bible talks a lot about it. 2 Corinthians 9, 10, Paul said this, God who supplies seed to the farmer and bread to eat will give you more and more seed to plant. And he will make it grow so that you can give away even more and more fruit from your harvest. You see, the purpose of, of gaining wealth is so that you and I can be more generous. You see, my wife taught me this at the age of it's late 20s. You know, I didn't know nothing much about church folks. And, and, and she started teaching me about tithing, 10, 10, 80. I said, what in the world is 10, 10, 80? She said, well, you give 10% to God, 10% to savings, and you live on 8%. I said, Whatever. Well, we lived on 80% ever since we got married in, in 89. Now we live on less. But for some reason, he, he just keeps giving us more and more. The less we live on, the more we get. And it, it's just amazing. But the thing about this, the thing is what he's trying to say is put God first. Put God first. And, and, and live on the rest. And watch yourselves become more generous. That's the whole goal anyway. Number four, whatever I plant is what I'll harvest. This is the law of reproduction. This is just common sense. Whatever I plant, I'll harvest. You know, if a, if a farmer plants beans, what's he going to get? Beans. He, he doesn't wonder what's going to come up because he planted beans. Just like us, though, we will also reap whatever we sow in life. Galatians uh, 6, 7 says, Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. 
you will reap exactly what you plant. Well, this principle works whether you believe it or not. And it works both in, in, in good and bad both ways. You will always in life reap what you sow. It could be a positive blessing or, 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 or a negative curse, you know, in, in your life. You know, my dad always told me, whatever you dish out, son, you're going to get back. You've got to take whatever you dish out. You know, if I go around planting seeds of kindness, love and grace and generosity, I'm going to get back grace and love and kindness and, and, and generosity. But if I plant seeds of gossip, if I plant seeds of criticism, if I plant seeds of anger, judgment, prejudice, that's what I'm going to get back. That's what I'm going to get back. It's foolish to think that I or you can plant one kind, one kind of seed and get back something else. Amen? Y'all see what I'm saying? You know, when I lose my temper, when I get mad, if I plant that seed, it's foolish for me to think that they're going to love me. They're going to show me kindness when I just planted a big whopping seed of anger. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's foolish that I think that. And I got a few verses that I wrote down for that. Uh, this was on finances, Proverbs 11, 18. Dishonest people can get rich for a moment, but if you plant righteousness, you'll harvest a reward that lasts. And what was the next one? Proverbs 13, 10. Oh, I like this one. A stupid person plants discord and conflict by making arrogant assumptions, but those who listen to advice will be wise. The next one. Troublemakers plant seeds of strife and their gossip separates the best of friends. Next in Proverbs 22, 8 says, those who plant seeds of injustice will harvest disaster. Their reign of terror will come to an end. But then I want to end it on a positive note. Hosea says, if you plant the good seeds of righteousness, you'll harvest a crop of my love. So plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord so that he may come and shower goodness on you like rain. You know, I can't plant seeds of irresponsibility and expect success. I can't sow laziness and expect rewards. Amen? Some of you guys say, he looked at me when he said lazy. No, that was your wife that looked at you when I said later. <laughs> I can't sow stinginess and expect blessings. Amen? You will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Number five, I'm not the only one planting seeds in my life. I'm not the only one planting seeds in my life. You and me, we're reaping uh, uh, both good and bad from those that went before us. You, you know, both the good and the bad. Ancestors, friends, family, everything. Everything and everyone has consequences. You need to know that you're not the only one planting seeds in your life. You're letting others plant good and bad seeds in your life. Your life and your decisions 
aren't just going to affect you right now. They will affect future generations. Did you know that? You're either hurting or you're helping the next generation. John 4, 38 said, Jesus said this, I sent you to reap where you didn't plant. Others had already done work before you and you will gather the harvest. You see other people are planting too. Other people are planting too. Number six, the sixth law of harvest is this. I harvest in a different season than I planned. I harvest in a different season than I plant. Well, that's pretty obvious. Plants take time to grow. So we know we're going to harvest in a different time. We plant tomatoes in the spring. We get to eat them in July. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 5 says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to scatter and a time to gather. Time to gather. I always harvest in a different season than when I plant. You see, fruit ripens gradually. Number seven, the seventh law is this. I always harvest more than I plant. I always harvest more than I plant. Genesis 26, 12 says, So Isaac, Isaac planted seed where he was living. And that year he gathered a hundredfold harvest from what he had planted because the Lord blessed him. This is a law of multiplication. One kernel of corn, several years on the stalk. Both ways. If I gossip, more people are going to gossip about me. If I'm cranky, there's more people going to be cranky around me. If I'm angry, arrogant, disrespectful, I got news for you guys. You can't, I can't violate the laws of the harvest. Mark 4 8 says, Some seed fell on good soil, it came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, and even 100 times. This principle will work for you or against you depending on what kind of seed that you choose to plant. So as your pastor, I'm asking you to develop some, some habits for integrity, generosity, humility, respect, love, forgiveness, and grace. Law number eight is this. I can increase my harvest by planting more seed. Well, that's obvious that we can increase our harvest by uh, planting more seed. That's the law of proportion. Greater harvest, plant more seed. Financial blessings, give more. You want more energy, give it away. You want more love, love more. Whatever you need more of, plant more seeds. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, 7 says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give what he's decided in his heart to give, 
not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Don't he love a cheerful giver? And some of you guys know, I, I'm, I've been meeting some visitors here lately. And, and, and they'll, they'll ask me after they've been here two or three times, Pastor Jim, y'all hadn't been taken up at offering. Is that something you forgot? I said, no, we, we have boxes at the doors. And if you want to give, you, you give cheerfully. You give whenever God lays that on your heart. And you give then. It's private between you and the Lord. It's not something that we do. And, and so we believe in, in cheerful giving in, in the way the Bible says so. So I want you to just, when you're ready to put something in there, you can just laugh. Because <laughs> the biblical word for that cheerful giver is hilarious. And just laugh. It ought to be fun. It ought to be a blessing to give. Proverbs 11, uh, 24 says, the, word of the, uh, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You know, I know non-believers that have learned to be generous and their world is, in, is multiplying. We can't get away from the law of the harvest. We can't get away from the law of the harvest. Number nine, I should always be planting good seeds. I should always be planting good seeds. What, am I, what does that mean by that? Don't wait for better times. You, you, know, you know, the sooner the better. Not one of these, well, when I retire, I'll serve the church, or when my kids get out of school, I'll serve, or, or, or when we're not playing ball, we'll get, we'll get to helping in and, 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 and serving the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, guys. One of these days is none of these days. One of these days is none of these days. Ecclesiastes 11, 4 says, those who wait for perfect conditions will never plant seeds. Those who look at every cloud will never reap a harvest. If you're waiting for a perfect situation, whatever you're going to do, get on with it. Get on with it now. The perfect conditions are not going to happen. One of these days will be none of these days. Start that new habit. Whatever you need to start, start it today. Or break that old habit. But take that first step. Plant that seed. So ask yourself, what do I need to do today to get where I need to be tomorrow? Write it down. There's something about putting it on paper that makes it official. Write it down. I'm going to tell you something about it. If you're waiting for the perfect condition, somebody once told me this. Perfectionism paralyzes potential. Perfectionism paralyzes potential. That's why I don't care where nothing's right or not. I don't care what looks good or not. I'm worried about my potential. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Now's the time. Today, July 11th, is the time to start planting new seeds. Don't wait. Do it now. Ecclesiastes 11, 6 is, do your planting in the morning and in the evening. Uh, you never know whether it will grow well or whether one planting will do better than the other. So i got to ask you, what kind of seeds are you planting? What kind of seeds are you planting? Are you just coasting along? 
You're just kind of waiting for a better time. This is the time to make some small change that will pay off in the future. Are you planting seeds of trust? Are you planting seeds of doubt in your marriage? Or are you planting seeds of joy or anger in your children? Are you planting seeds of romance and love? Are you planting seeds of argument? I'm going to tell you something, guys. Words are like seeds, and we have to choose the ones we plant wisely. Words are like seeds. Last one, number 10. While waiting for my harvest, I must be patient and not give up. I must be patient and not give up. You, you can't see the sprout, but never give up. Never give up. You can't see it because it's in the dark. Galatians 6, 9 says, we must not become tired of doing good. We will reap a harvest at the right time if we do not give up. 2019 and 2020 was, was tough. Our decision here to close, we lost a lot of folks. We lost folks that I'd been their pastor for 10 or 15 years. And, 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 and I loved them. Married some of them, baptized some of their, their children. And I learned about their departure on social media from some other friends. And it hurt. As, as, as a pastor, it hurt me. I'm just being honest. It hurt. And I wanted to, to give up. You know, I had thoughts in my head. Is that all they thought of me? You know, it, then I figured out it ain't about me. It's about the harvest. It's about the harvest. And I came to this verse. I'm not going to give up. We're going to keep planting. We're going to keep planting. Sometimes I get tired of writing those stories on Facebook that I write every morning. I stopped in the dry cleaners. An Indian man runs the dry cleaners. He said, oh, you're Jim Pinker. I said, yes, sir. He was feeling I said, yes, sir. I hadn't been here in a while. He said, I'm glad to meet you. He said, I read your stories every morning. He said, thank you so much. I walked out. I was encouraged. I thought, I was about ready to quit that. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. Take whatever step you need to take today.
You know, we all lost a lot during COVID, didn't we? Whether it was our, our, our job, graduations. My children lost their weddings, basically. We shut down. Some of us lost family members, loved ones. So I look out in this crowd today, I see a lot of unexpressed grief. And I believe that could be our greatest ministry in 21 and 22 is unexpressed grief. You may have to deal with your grief first. That's why I'm going to end this lesson today with two questions. Here's the first question if it didn't written down in your outline. What losses have I experienced this past year? What losses have I experienced this past year? I want to encourage you today to keep planting seeds. But I want to tell you as your pastor, if you don't grieve over it, you get stuck. If you don't grieve over it, you get stuck. We're products of our past, but we are not prisoners of our past unless we get stuck because we don't grieve. And grieving helps us through uh, the transition of life. So I got to ask you, what have you lost? Who have you lost that, that you haven't grieved over? What does the Bible say about grief and harvesting? Well, I think it's fast becoming one of my favorite verses. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return to the harvest. Ooh. It's okay to plant tears. It's okay to grieve the losses in your life. Weep over what you lost while you're planting seeds for the future whether it was your job, your health, your loved ones, cry and plant. Cry and plant. The next question is, comes before you plant. What personal plowing and weeding do I need to do before planting? Because your heart may be hard. Soil may be hard. Weeds took over. It's what I had to do these past few weeks. And maybe you too, Jeremiah. Your hearts have become hard, like an unplowed field where weeds have taken over. So plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste good seed by planting among weeds. What seeds are you going to plant in your heart and your life today? Well, I had to do that. I had to examine my heart where it was hard, where I was hurting. Well, I'm over that now. And I want to plant some seeds. And my wife and I, Angie, she's agreed to this. I actually told her I wanted to do this before she came in this morning. But I love y'all meeting some folks this morning. And so I want to do something to get to know everyone again. And, and I want you guys to, I'm not, I don't want to invite all of you at once to my house. 
But once a month, I'm going to have some folks over. My wife and I are. And we're going to feed you. We're going to sit down and we're going to have a meal. It's going to be a rather cheap meal, but it'll be a meal. <laughs> I don't want you to expect too much. Amen? <laughs> but I want you to please do that for me. I want to hear your stories. I want to see what God's doing in your life. I want you to get to know me and my wife. So I got some sign-up sheets here. If you've got time before you leave, just put your name and number. If you're a visitor, put, your, uh, put a V beside it. Circle it so I won't think that that's your middle initial later on. When I'm not. But, but let me know that because I'm going to get the, the, the old hands and the new hands together. You know, this is, I'm not going to just call one click to come one night. I'm going to mix you guys up. And, 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 and this is going to take years to do. I know. It's going to take years to do. Just be patient. But, but I want to start having a once a month and meet with you guys and, 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 and just get to know you. It'll be a limited time. I, I don't have open-ended meetings. You know, what's that mean? If you've got a hot dog in your mouth at 8 o'clock, see you. <laughs> Better than that, I'm probably going to be in my underwear. Amen. <laughs> then you'll leave. <laughs> can't wait to get to know y'all. So I'm going to plant those seeds. I've been crying and now I'm planting. I'm going to keep on. There's something you need to shake, you need to do it. You need to start planting. You need to, you need to keep going. Father's lost. Now, I'm going to pray Lee's going to come sing. Don't forget to sign these sheets. Oh, they have one out in the information desk too that you can sign too. Put your name and your number. But I want to tell you something too. Lee's going to sing it. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do that today. If that's the step you need to take, do that today. We'll be here. Start today. If you need me to pray about something and you want to come down, I'll pray with you about it. Do that today. But now, don't pray about it and then pick it up again. And, and, and you, know, you know, don't waste my time and yours and his ears if you're going to plan on keep doing it. But anyway, make that change. But also, we have a surprise for you out in the front of the church when you leave. Uh, enjoy that. And uh, I'm so glad you're here today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. You're a good God and worthy of our praise. Lord, I pray that, that each one of us had some kind of encounter with you today. Lord, I, I pray that we they could hear the very shuffling of your sandaled feet. Lord, we love you. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.
righteousness for me stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. Don't forget to sign these sheets either here at the information desk. Guys, don't forget the surprise we have for you out the front door here.